and welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today, we are joined by Brian Fields and Kellen Finley, founding partners of 8th Revolution and hosts of The Dime, all things cannabis podcast. 8th Revolution offers support all the way from capital to cannabinoid and everything in between in regards to the hemp and cannabis industry. Its forward-thinking team can diagnose, analyze, and optimize every detailed nuance of a company to keep the business safe, smart, and profitable. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. Brian and Kellen, it's good to see you guys again. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Mike. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for those who aren't familiar with, you know, kind of what you guys are up to in the space, you guys have your hands in a lot of different, you know, aspects and everything from the business to the science, which we were just talking about uh, before we jumped on the show. Uh, can you just kind of give a, a breakdown and kind of unpack, you know, how you guys got into the industry and sort of what that journey looked like to bring you to where you both are today? So I'll hop in first. Uh, I have a more traditional business background, marketing and sales approach. I worked for a technology instrumentation company for about eight years where I was responsible for developing the marketing and sales for entrance to new markets. And one of the markets I was poised to enter was the cannabis industry. And coming from a technology company where we were entering in oil gas for quality control instrumentation, pharmaceutical food and bev, typically the roadmap takes eight to 12 months. Things are a little slower. So the first time I kind of entered the cannabis space, I fell in love and was in instantly obsessed with the speed and the dynamicness of the opportunity that it brought to the table and just the earliness of it. There was a ton of new challenges and new, new opportunities for growth. But also there was a different speed and different feeling with it. And in 2018, I believe, I met Kellen at MJ BizCon. He was speaking at the Science Symposium. And we saw really closely about the forward approach of where the industry was going from an analytical approach. And that was where we kind of linked up and decided, let's try to take our backgrounds, bring them together and become dynamic problem solvers to help the industry move forward. I love that. Yeah. So my, uh, my journey into the can cannabinoid industry has been a unique one. Um, after I finished grad school, I was looking for a job in Colorado and um, kind of struggling, honestly. The, the science sector isn't very strong in Colorado, not a ton of um, pharma companies or anything like that. And so I uh, had an opportunity to move out to California in, in 2015 and work in the, the medical market for a startup company. And Moved out there as the lead scientist, uh, first startup, first real company out of grad school, kind of didn't know what I was getting myself into and immediately was like, wow, this is an industry that's just poised to explode from a scientific perspective as well, just because they're like, in when you're doing like R&D, um, as far as science goes, like I was trying to purify THC, right? And I was like, oh, I'll just go look up the boiling point to boil it, right? And Turns out that information was just not available because there just had this giant black hole of publications and there's just no fundamental research. So that that uh, really, we fall in love with the industry and saw this huge opportunity and fast forward a couple of years and a couple of different companies I worked for ended up being like, you know, I'm going to try this whole startup thing on my own and kind of try to control my own destiny. And um, it's when I, I met up with Brian and we instantly kind of uh, saw eye to eye as far as what was needed in the industry. And, and since then the company has kind of taken on a bunch of different uh, roles, if you will, just from, from needs of our clients and needs of the industry and, and how quickly the industry has changed over just the last three years as well. So it's been a, been a very exciting ride to say the least. Yeah, I could imagine, especially, um, 
you know, Brian, you mentioned the speed of the industry, right? And how other industries sometimes might take eight to 12 months to, you know, kind of develop a roadmap, get into market and whatnot. But cannabis, it's just like, you know, let's get the show on the road. Like I, like I needed this done like two weeks ago. Let's go. Like what's the holdup. So, um, I mean, as, as entrepreneurs and, and as, you know, two guys that are just, you know, driven and in that like startup mode and you're just going after it, do you find that it's actually a lot easier to, to sometimes get business done with folks in the cannabis industry because everybody's constantly in go mode or a majority of folks are constantly in like go, go, go mode. And everyone's just trying to like execute as, you know, as quickly and efficiently as possible. It's a good question. And it really varies from person to person. A lot of the projects we get presented with, most of the time, the client is looking for a result two weeks ago. So it's a real challenge with balancing that reality and expectations of understanding, you know, what is the real problem at hand and how can we help you solve it? And I think one of the real uniqueness of the cannabis industry is that each state has different challenges, different hurdles, different operational struggles. And that's what makes this game so, so, so enticing for us is that on a state-by-state -state level, there's challenges. From a West Coast standpoint, you've got a really established market, saturated. And a lot of those operators are looking to kind of scale to the East Coast. And what they found so far, at least in our experience, is that it's not as transferable one-to-one. -one. So there needs to be adjustments, whether that's in the marketing approach, if it's in the copyright, in the language, if it's in the strategic guidelines, if it's in the build-out of the facilities, if it's the type of products that they're consuming, if their SOPs are viable from transferring it. And those are some of the beauties of the relationships. But at the end of the day, like you were saying, speed is paramount. And with everybody kind of flooding into the gold rush, it really varies person by person and, you know, to each their own. And whatever we can do to make a difference is really the role we try to play every single day. Yeah. So, like, it, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you do is very personalized. And so with Eighth Revolution, what would you guys, and I'd be curious to to kind of hear this from from both of your perspectives you know what kind of role do you see eighth revolution playing in the cannabis industry not just today and in, in, in kind of the current market uh situation and temperature but but kind of how it's going to evolve over the next three to five years do you kind of see your roles staying relatively you know evergreen or do you think that they're gonna you know evolve over time as the industry inches towards federal legalization you want to go first, Brian? You go first, because mine will definitely be different than yours. I, I imagine it will be. So as far as like my role goes within 8th Revolution and where I see 8th Revolution moving in the next three to five years is um, I don't think that uh, my role will change significantly. I think I'll, I'll still spend a lot of time as, as far as like client facing projects go. Um, it, there's just uh, it's it's a really hard trans it's a really hard skill to transfer. Right. As far as. Um, experience in the space and passing on that experience through my uh, particular and unique lens, if you will. So as far as like client facing roles, I don't see my, my role changing that much in the next three to five years. Hopefully it's um, with the same clients and they're very successful and we've kind of developed a, a much longer term relationship, right? Um, that would be the, the best case scenario, I think, for, for all parties right now. But as far as Eighth Revolution goes and some of the other uh, products that we, we put out there, I see them just being a, a huge benefit for, as far as educational content goes and helping the whole industry utilize the, the massive amount of information out there and, and using us to help filter that information and allowing them to um, pull out the, the really important 
data, if you will, that that will affect their bottom line and being able to utilize us as almost like a filter system to, to provide them with strategic information that helps them be successful moving forward and, and educate their, their executives as well as their, um, their stakeholders. In my opinion, I think we'll continue to evolve with the needs of the industry and the clients and our, our partners as it evolves. Right now, with the lack of interstate commerce, everyone's, everyone's challenges are, are one way, but as regulations and how the game becomes, let's say, more domestic-based and inter- interstate commerce opens up, everyone's needs and challenges then will, will be different as well. So it'll be up to us to continue to evolve and then continue on that path as it becomes more of a global landscape. We'll have to do a better job of of utilizing our resources, our skill sets to continue to invest in the relationships with our partners, because at the end of the day, the more successful they are, the more successful we are, and we all can continue on and move forward. Yeah. So what I, what I would love to know a little bit more about, you know, the work that you guys do and kind of how you, how you help companies in the space, what's that? And, and a lot of times with consulting, sometimes people will say, oh, it's very general. It's very broad based. But it seems to me like you guys have a lot of very specific talents, unique abilities, like like pockets of expertise. So can you give an example of kind of who your ideal client would be or somebody with a particular problem that would be probably someone to come to you and say, hey, listen, I need help with X, Y, Z. How are we going to solve this problem? So the immediate client that comes to mind would be somebody post-cultivation looking to do more extraction or they're, they're in the manufacturing space looking for optimization all the way through the back end of the supply chain. So we like to use the, the scenario from capital cannabinoid and everything in between. And originally when the business plan started out, we really locked in on one specific approach. And what it turned out was our clients enjoyed our relationships. We added a ton of value to them and then they wanted to continue to utilize our services in different capacities. So instead of limiting ourselves and saying, no, we couldn't help them, we understood the challenge of finding a a trusted, reliable resource that can do do exactly what they say and can bring an enormous amount of, of value to the table and just kept expanding the services onwards to the end. So I would say anyone post cultivation looking to kind of implement into the extraction phase, But additionally, there is a a new large group of clientele that have kind of recently moved into our kind of, let's say, ecosystem. And those would be outside industry individuals looking to migrate in. So they've leaned on us for industry analysis and understanding market trends, positioning, comparison. We've done a ton of SWOT analysis of comparing, let's say, incumbent products to kind of outside industry products and letting them know where their USPs would be. Because as we were talking about before, the speed of the industry is moving so fast. So if you're not understanding exactly where it's going and what it's currently being held at, by the time you enter an industry, you could likely be behind one of the trends you originally positioned yourself from, which could set you back substantially because the one thing we can all agree upon is cannabis is exciting, but cannabis is a very, very expensive game to enter. And if you're not aligning yourself with an understanding of what's going on, not only now, but in the future, you're falling behind. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, being an operator in the space is already challenging enough. And for example, in the extraction or manufacturing space, you're not only pioneering new science and developing new products and formulating them. You're also trying to play these regulatory games from a state by state perspective, as well as international, if you're a Canadian company, right. And having to interpret and process all that information makes it even more challenging to be able to keep an eye on what the current market trends are 
right? And so we're there to just help them. Um, we're there as an extra resource to provide them uh, our insights on, hey, this is what's happening on from an industry trend, trend perspective in California. Have you guys uh, looked at also doing this kind of a product to, to help you raise your bottom line? So like simple, simple analysis, is, analysis like that has really shown to be valuable to a lot of our current clientele. Yeah, and, and the, the magic word right there is simple, right? And so it's, it's very easy for, for organizations and leaders to digest that, that information, those resources that you provide them. And I think having an outside perspective on something and getting an objective you know, sense of feedback or just someone to review what's already being done versus somebody who's constantly, you know, in the nuts and bolts of things on a day-to-day basis, there is a little bit of a bias because they're, you know, they're, like too I said, close to it. Too, exactly. They're too close to it. And sometimes you just kind of, you have blind spots and you don't necessarily see those things. So I would assume that a lot of the folks that you're working with probably get a very, you know, refreshing sense of, oh, wow, we, we missed this, or we didn't even think about that. Or, you know, how could we have, you know, let this opportunity slip by? How do we kind of come back and, and capitalize on on this or not miss the next boat. Yeah, like perfect example would be like a client up in Washington who was manufacturing vape pens and they just weren't selling that well. And they're like, what is going on? I literally read in this journal article five months ago that vape pens were the biggest, biggest product in the market, right? And it's like, oh, well, you didn't dive into it a little deeper that shows actually in, in warmer clients, the vape pens are a, a hotter a hotter product versus in colder climates, they tend to not work as well. So they're not as, um, the product just doesn't move as well because they just doesn't function. You know what I mean? And so there's just like really simple things like that that get overlooked from an operator standpoint. And, and again, they're just so close to it. They poured all this money and all this research and all this time into developing this product. And so they're like really excited about bringing it to market. And they're like, why is it not, why, why doesn't it meet my expectations as far as um, what I expected? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's so fascinating. So from both of your perspectives, and I, I love it because Kellen, I feel like you're very like sciencey right? Like you, you kind of have that, that whole area on lockdown, like that's your, <laughs> that's your arena. Um, that's my comfort area for sure. <laughs> and then, uh, and Brian, you're kind of more in like the, the higher level business operational side of things. So what's something that both of you have learned from working in cannabis that looking back on it, you say to yourself, man, if I never got into this industry, I probably never would have either a experienced this or learned it or picked up this skill. Um, anything like that, that kind of jumps out at you. Yeah. You want to this, Brian? The, yeah. This is like going to be one of those like boring answers, but it's the honest truth that everything in cannabis is harder. Every single thing in cannabis is harder. You want to launch a brand challenging. They're going to pull down your Instagram. Even if you're truly, they'll pull it down. You want to, you want to do aggressive social push and you want to do paid advertisements. Can't do that. Okay, you want to scale a product across different states. You have different regulations, different challenges, different limitations. Oh, and guess what? You're going to have to find new operators who probably don't have experience in those areas, especially if you're looking to go east. Even from a state-by-state standpoint, we're looking at now partnering from a different, a bunch of different areas of operators coming to us and looking to expand into new states. They want to uh, position a license in New Jersey, New York, or Connecticut. And they've locked in on one state, but they haven't considered the others. Why haven't they considered the others? Because they've, they've envisioned their entire time 
I've always wanted to be in New York, New York, New York. Turns out New York's really behind. And while it kills me to even say that, people are pushing to New Jersey because of the speed of getting in there and the opportunities of kind of getting into the game first. And I think just coming back to it, if you haven't operated in cannabis, it's really hard to believe just the sheer amount of challenges. But once you're in it, even for us who operate on a day-to-day basis, it is so complex and there's so many different layers of challenges. Sometimes it continues to surprise me and it's almost overwhelming for, for our side who spend each month aggregating these kind of additional obstacles and, and new forward approaches and then having to condense it down into one report, sometimes really hard to do. I would say my answer is a lot different. Um, one thing that, that I've learned that has shaped a lot of my decisions moving forward is that um, science is expensive. And in order to run a business, you can't just focus on science, right? And like there, I see this happen all the time where you just want to develop a new product or do, do X, Y, Z. And next thing you know, you're just in the weeds and the, the scientific aspect of a company tends to not communicate very well with the uh, kind of the, the business and accounting side of the company. And so you, it creates a lot of this disconnect, if you will, in terms of driving R&D. And, and at, at the heart of it, R&D is what's going to create new products and innovation and all these other things. But like that costs a ton of money. And if companies aren't allocating a portion of their revenue towards R&D and they're just trying to do it like one off here, oh, okay, my, my scientist is a little frustrated because he's just been running the manufacturing line for X amount of time. Right. And so that's one thing that I don't think I would have ever learned if I wouldn't would have went and worked for say like big pharma or oil and gas, right. Where they're just like, okay, this is how much money you guys have. You just stay in this room and we'll talk to you when you guys uh, come up with something new and see you in a year. You know what I mean? Versus because the cannabis industry is so much smaller and newer, the, the business side needs to communicate much more uh, openly with the scientific side of things. And as far as budgets and, and margins and all these things, th- these are what needs to be considered in the, the decision-making process, right? And that's one thing that I, I learned in, in cannabis that I don't think I would have learned um, in any other industry as far as a startup perspective goes. I just want to add one thing, Mike. We On our podcast, we chatted about that with you, about that and the importance of relationships and how so many people in this space so far have been burned or have been pr- like over-promised and under-delivered. And how that continues to be a challenge operating in this space where people sometimes are hesitant to give second chances to third-party resources to lean on to help them because they've been burned in the past. And and that and that's a real struggle too, because as we were saying before, there's such a, an added value of having an additional outside voice helping you keep an eye on future adjustments and strategic decisions. By, by not utilizing that, you're, you're really setting yourself up for a much harder approach in a very, very challenging marketplace. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I want to I want to touch on relationships from you from both of your perspectives uh, in just a moment, because I was when I was on, on your show, we were talking about it from the PR perspective. Um, but Kellen, you brought up a great point just a, a couple moments ago, the disconnect, right, which is so fascinating, because a lot of times and tell me what, what you guys have seen working with with uh, with companies. But I find that a lot of people, especially in earlier stage companies, they wear multiple hats. Right. And that's not always a bad thing. But if you're going to wear multiple hats, there needs you can't just assume that everybody else speaks the five languages that you do. And so I definitely think there's a lot of disconnect there. And I've personally seen that happen on, on my end. I'm curious to kind of see, you know, from uh, from an operational 
standpoint or just you know one department talking to another is that something that you guys see a lot as far as folks wearing multiple hats and sometimes that causes a little bit more more harm than good yeah definitely i, I think it causes more more harm than good a lot of times and um even just from conversational standpoint with some of our clients i'll be talking to say the, the individuals who's in charge of operations and then i'll turn around and have a conversation with the individual who's in charge of like sales and, and inventory and they are just on completely different pages and they're both strung out right because they're wearing a bunch of different hats on both sides and they're just not communicating fluidly and they both are trying to drive agendas for them for their their main departments and they're just not on the same page as far as like a coherent agenda for the entire company which is driving the bottom line right um and i see that all all the time and they're just like they kind of ignore what the other person has to say or they just aren't taking it um or or it's just they're not speaking the same language like you like you mentioned mike yeah no i i appreciate that um and so when it comes to relationships how do you guys how do you guys sort of see the value in relationship capital and even with your own podcast right i mean i'm sure that's led to so many just so many valuable you know relationships and partnerships and strategic alliances that have kind of you know helped support what you guys are doing and vice versa and it's a two-way street so overall what's your take on relationship building in the cannabis industry because when a lot of folks come to me and say you know what's one piece of advice you have for someone who's just starting out i often tell them the the not so sexy answer but it's relationships right just build trust build rapport with people and just don't always expect that you're gonna you know pop off right away but focus on those relationships and they'll pay dividends long term so what do you guys think just kind of from from your consulting work and, and everything that you guys have experienced through your through you know eighth revolution as well as the podcast uh what's your take on that so we like to figure out what our clients north star is what they're trying to accomplish and then kellen and i double down and do everything we can to help them be successful and at the end of the day their success is our success because we can continue on operating in this space and that's all that matters to us, where we're comfortable in understanding that we both need to be in alignment towards a specific goal. And collaboratively, we both can get there if we're both rowing in the same direction. And I think that's so critical sometimes that we're not here to just provide a solution to the product. We're here to build the infrastructure for long-term success. And that means sometimes taking a longer route to achieve the project's success which ultimately is harder for us, but better for the client long-term. And that's ultimately where I think we invest long-term in the relationship of our clients that continue to come back to us and to help us and to make social referrals. That's the, the one thing that I think I'm most proud about what we've been able to accomplish in the four years is that almost every single project and every single relationship has been through social, social kind of equity that we've earned through respect and through trust. And that can't be understated enough that in a space that is as challenging as it is, being able to have someone hand off a trusted relationship to someone like us and say, hey, these guys will help you achieve success. This, these are the people to work with. That always puts a smile on my face and, and, and makes us understand that we're in this for the right reasons. And you can't put a price tag on that. No, no way. No way. My, uh, my opinion on relationships is that this industry is really unique as far as relationships go. Um, it, it, from a competition standpoint, the there is one main goal that the whole industry needs to pursue, which is federal legalization. And forming these relationships helps you become part of the community. And once you become a part of the community, I think that that is where true success will kind of um, 
start to really occur for a lot of companies in the industry, right? Is that showing that, hey, we're part of this larger goal um, and we're part of this larger community. And then once you're in the community, then um, everyone's going to kind of help each other out in that community. Yeah, that's, I think sometimes looking at it more from a community standpoint versus an industry standpoint can really kind of help shift, shift the paradigm as to how this works. And Brian, you mentioned before, you know, their success is your success because at the end of the day, that, that social capital means so much when you can just have referrals coming your way versus feeling like you're, you know, trying to cold sell somebody on something that they don't even know that they need. And it's not fun that way. Right. And like, they don't even, they, they don't, sometimes they even question halfway through the process. They'll be like, well, do I really need this? Is this really working? And so it's just, it's way more fun. It's way more effective. Um, and I think everybody just enjoys that process so much more when it's an organic uh, referral recommendation type of situation, rather than when somebody feels like they've been sold. Right. And we've had some very, very lucrative projects that we've passed on because the expectations and the reality just weren't in alignment. The, the client had a different need than he believed he had and was very astute with the direction he thought it was going to go. And it was contradictory to the direction that we thought was necessary for success. So while we discussed it and we went back and forth on it, ultimately we ended up passing on it because we just wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, that if we're diving in for full-fledged success, we're in alignment in the direction we're going because straying from that can be detrimental from a cash standpoint and can almost be catastrophic from a business standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, that takes a lot of guts, especially when it's hard. there's, yeah. I mean, especially when there's a big check sitting right in front of you and you have to pass it down. But a lot of folks who I've talked to who have both in cannabis and outside of cannabis who have had, you know, 15, 20, 30 year track records of success and their reputations are, you know, really stellar. They've said, you know, it, it, it's hard and it sucks in the moment but don't be afraid to turn down a big check because your reputation and your credibility means everything. And if something feels off about it, it'll come back to you. Maybe not tomorrow or maybe not in the next week, but eventually it comes back to you and you're going to feel way better about working with the next person than about that one where you, where you just had that, that, that iffy feeling in your stomach. Absolutely. It still doesn't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I always love talking to you guys. So for, for people who want to connect with you guys, learn a little bit more about what you're up to, uh, tune in to the, to the dime podcast that you guys host, uh, what's the best way for them to kind of, you know, get into your ecosystem and connect with you guys? No, I appreciate that. So there's two different ways. I think if you're looking from an educational standpoint, something to kind of get a forward approach, we just recently announced a strategic partnership with the Arcview group where we create a cannabinoid monthly playbook where we dive into what happened from the previous month with a forward approach. It covers all trends, insights, and some signals with a, with a, uh, an analysis on the future direction of the industry. That can be found at the eighthrev.com slash monthly playbook. It is free to read. It is 30 pages. It is dense, but it's intended to be an overall guide. It doesn't need to be consumed by every single page, but if you're looking to learn more and be expanded to different viewpoints and concepts, that'd be the best place to start. We've got some of your favorite executives who are reading it. I can't shout them out. I'd love to. And we've got a bunch of really, really great announcements with new partners we're, we're set to release on there. So we'd love to share there. And then obviously the Dime is our podcast and we just recently released a shorter version called Cannabis in 10. So if you're looking for a podcast in less than 10 minutes, you can get all of our conversations, including the one with Mike in less than 10 minutes. 
That's awesome. Uh, Brian, Kellen, just want to say thank you guys. I know you're super, super busy and you guys are just crushing it. So thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to come on the show and, and just chop it up about business in the, in the cannabis industry. Uh, I appreciate your time, you Mike. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Awesome. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.